3: This is the Rich Eisen Show. Jokic for a triple.
0: Money! Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los
1: Angeles. Kick out three Murray. Good! Nothing but net. They would high five across my face. My
0: wife's face. You're going to have better seats for game five, or Davis. <laughs> I hope that's a play.
3: Today's guests. NFL Network insider Tom Pelissero. Golf channel analyst Brandel Chambly, 20-year NBA veteran Jamal
0: Crawford. Seahawks wide receiver. Receiver DK Metcalf, actor Harold
3: Perrineau. And now, it's Rich
0: Eisen. Yep, that's a fact. I can confirm. Uh, I'm sitting here. It's the Rich Eisen Show, everybody. Live from Los Angeles, California, here on the Roku Channel Sirius XM Odyssey. And this Rich Eisen Show, terrestrial radio affiliate smart enough to have us it is free on the Roku channel if you want to check us all out. I'm wearing a very nice green little uh, uh, sweater today. Uh, it's a, <laughs> it, it, it's 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 the color of money. Uh, it's the color of golf. Um, so that's why I'm wearing this green sweater today. That's uh, I can't shake it. I can't shake it, Chris. Just can't shake it. How are we over there, Chris Brockman? What's going on, pal? I
3: mean, uh, I'm great, Rich. I'm great.
0: And we do a cruise at a home run yesterday. Dude, I can't wait to talk about that guy on this show. I love him. Oh, my God. <laughs> he- uh, yes, he, and for those who may not great know outside you. of Cincinnati, if you're not paying yes. attention to baseball, there is a new phenomenon, and he is phenomenal yeah. to watch. What's <laughs> going on there, DJ Mikey D? is in good these morning, nuts? Rich. How you doing, Mike Del Tufo? In his spot, TJ Jefferson, light that candle, sir. If you don't mind, why not?
2: I'm about to light the candle. You got a green sweater. I got a
0: T-shirt with the Iron Sheik on it. Ah. It's all good. Okay, very good. We're nice here stuff. today uh, on the show. Uh, great Bubba. guest list uh on this program um we've got uh, tom Pelissero to join us uh on this program later this hour uh, why in the world would the minnesota vikings uh let loose a guy who runs for a thousand yards like it's going out of style <laughs> and he's 27 years old and he makes 11 million bucks dalvin cook is going to be released by the minnesota vikings what is up with that what it's a way okay. to start our th- the the second thursday of june in 2023 um, uh, Jamal Crawford will be joining us to talk about last nice. night's game three in the NBA finals, yeah. which we'll get to in a second. Okay, um, also on this program, the actor Harold Perrineau, who folks might know from Lost and Oz and, uh, he's in a new hit show, uh, called from, uh, on currently in season two, uh, on MGM plus, which you can uh, check out right, uh, on the old apps there. And uh, Harold Perrineau will be in studio in hour number three. D.K. Metcalf D.K. is on this program like of the him, Seattle man. Seahawks. Yeah. Always fun when he joins us. Lots to talk about with him uh, from the world of basketball. He was the, wasn't he the most valuable player of the celebrity uh, game and the all-star game? So. Then he, he uh, had a viral rich. video where it seems like he was leaping uh, eight feet in the air. <laughs> I, a lot I, of people I, thought it was fake. Always stuff up with D.K. Metcalf. <laughs> uh, ask him about that. So he'll join us on this program. And uh, and then uh, Brendel Shambly of uh, Golf Channel will be on this program. Chambly. I think there's lots to talk about with him, which I we'll get to so. in a second,
3: because
0: it's getting snarky. It's getting it's it's dicey, man. It is dicey in the world of golf right now. We'll talk about that Wild, in a second, man. but uh, let's just uh, let's uh, let's talk about what happened last night. About last night, it's kind of funny. You know how momentum swings in playoff series. We all know that. Not telling tales out of school. Uh, after game one, the series was over. It's Denver, right? Denver's going to win it. Right. Stephen A. Smith came on this program, said, when I asked him, what are the Miami Heat uh, brass Eric Spolstra thinking in whatever conference room they have, whatever hotel room they're in meeting about uh, what happened in game one? He said, divine intervention. They're they're praying. <laughs> well, their prayers got answered. Game two is a totally different ball of wax. I mean, the Heat just locked them down and confused them on defense and had the had, – had the, uh, The fourth quarter that they needed, everyone hitting shots. Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. They all, they they did the heat thing, which is come into your house, discombobulate you, get you frustrated, and and beat you at their game. And so now it's a, a new series again. Best of five Miami with a home court advantage in it. And now we're back to Denver's winning it all. Yeah, I think so. We're back. We're back. We're back. Uh, game 2 is just an outlier. That's where we're at right now. Yep. It's Denver's world. We're all paying rent. Back. When Christian Brown's going at Jimmy Butler. 7 of 8 from the field. But of course, that's not the numbers we're talking about. And you know, you would said to us 22 points on 21 shots for Bam with 17 rebounds. Maybe they got a shot certainly with Jimmy scoring Good 28. From Bam. <laughs> right? I mean, you'd think they'd have a shot. But this this thing wasn't even as close as 109-94 is the final. And once again, the Denver Nuggets showing the world that they have the best two-man game in basketball and maybe one of the best two-man games we've ever seen in basketball, and I got to say it. I got I to gotta say it, because when you see... And oh, yeah. oh, 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 hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Triple doubles from both Jokic and Murray last night. Uh-huh. First time we've ever seen that in, in the NBA Finals. We've never seen in the history of this great association in the Finals, we've never seen a pair of teammates triple-double in the same game. I and know, I know the pushback, I know, I know. Being, okay, Rich, hold on a minute, because I mean, Murray got his 10th rebound with nine seconds to go. Yeah. Oh, you got it. He, he still got it. And, you know, the game isn't, uh, you know, uh, what is seven minutes. 47 minutes. Thank you for doing the, the math for me. Yeah. My God. <laughs> I was told there'd be no math. <laughs> but I boxed myself in. Thank you, Chris.
3: You got it, Rich. 30-point
0: triple-doubles. Do you know how many times that's happened in the NBA Finals? We just established there's never been triple-doubles. Zero. Zero. Do you know how many times it's happened in the NBA playoffs where teammates have triple-doubled 30 points in the same game in the NBA playoffs, any playoff series? Do you know how many times that's happened? Zero. Do you know how many times in the NBA regular season we've ever seen a triple-double from a pair of teammates where they've scored 30 points like Jokic and Murray did last night on the Miami Heat? Do you know how many times we've ever seen that happen in the regular season? Chris Brockman? Zero. That's correct. (laughs) We saw something last night we've never seen. Ever, And this is against a Miami Heat team that's, you know, going to switch defenses on you. It's going to confuse you. It's going to try and, and and on occasion they did, they did the, they did the trick a couple times. I've, you know, if you were just cherry pick where uh, Murray is trying to play that two man pick and roll game. And he's got two guys on him, five, five feet in front of the half court line. That's how far off the three point line they were hectoring. Him and then he'd have no choice but to give up the ball, reverse it, and then Jokic would invariably have like Gabe Vincent on him, you know, and then Vincent would try to play tough defense. I mean, that's the way the Heat scrap and claw. And they threw the first ever 30 point triple double, double dip in the history of the NBA on that Miami Heat team. So now we're back to the NBA finals are over, and we'll talk to Jamal Crawford about it later on.
3: Not only that, Rich, Joker, Joker had the first ever 30-20-10 triple-double in the NBA
0: Finals.
3: 32-21-10. No one's ever had a game like that in NBA Finals history.
0: There's nobody like him. There's nobody like him. Unicorn. Unicorn. And, you know, while we're overreacting, saying the series is over, uh, I mean, who's going to beat the Nuggets ever again?
3: <laughs> I don't know.
0: The way that these folks know. are playing. Because Michael Porter Jr. at 6'10". He's missing
3: shots. Oh, he's playing horrible.
0: He lost a jump ball yeah. with Gabe Vincent. He had eight inches on him and lost. Like, see, he's in a fog. He's not even playing right now. Yep. They're not even firing on all
3: cylinders. But if these two guys are playing like that, see ya. Yeah, if you look at the score, it's a Miami Heat type of game. Like, yeah, yeah. it was in the, t- the mid-20s at yeah. the end of the first quarter. Yep. A close game at the half. Yep. It's kind of ugly. It's not yeah. up and down. Yeah, nuggets it's, aren't it's like playing into Miami's hands. Yeah, they're not
0: putting up a buck twenty. And it doesn't a matter. Buck thirty it
3: doesn't matter. And yeah. the conversation shifts, Rich. If this is all over and it goes the way we think it's going to go, it's where does Joker land now on the all-time list? Well, I guess we got two more wins before we turn the page. I understand, that. but I'm telling no, you, I know. get, he's get ready. To... That's the oh, conversation. And, and, and by the way, suddenly is he top twenty-five? Mm-hmm. Is he in the top twenty now?
0: Oh, worthy conversation. It's coming. And if you don't have it, his brothers will force you to have it. (laughs) So, Jamal Crawford coming up. Love it. Let's talk about the Live Tour and the PGA Tour. Because Brandel Shambly will be joining us in a moment. Oh, hold on. It is. We had our first blush reaction of WTF two days ago. Yesterday, we talked about... How much, right? How much did the Saudis put on the table? How much can we as fans take? How much do we love golf and things of that nature, right? The how much. Now the question I'm having is how in the world are they going to make it work with the actual, you know, players? Hmm. How will they make this marriage work with the players? Because it is ugly. Or as the kids would say back in my camp days, and I'm assuming they still do, fugly. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Look it up. It is, right now, absolutely fugly. And case in point, how are they going to make it work with the PGA Tour players? Because now, after that 4 p.m., Eastern Time meeting between Jay Monahan, the soon-to-be former PGA Tour commissioner, and now whatever the hell they're going to call this thing, CEO. He met with the players. We're learning what happened in that meeting on Tuesday at four Eastern at the Canadian Open. And uh, like the beer up there, more potent, <laughs> tastes
3: like moonshine. than ever
0: before. This one, holy smokes! Rory McIlroy in the middle of it, too. According to Golf Channel and James Corrigan, the golf correspondent for The Telegraph, which is a UK publication, Monahan was talking to the players. It got ugly. Grayson Murray, the mm-hmm. world's 227th-ranked player, shouted for Monaghan to resign, according to The Telegraph, saying, quote, we don't trust you, Jay. You lied to our face. Rory McElroy, who stayed silent for much of this meeting, and again, Roy was a guy who turned down half a B, right, apparently, <laughs> yeah. to be the face of this a lot. He turned out PGA a lot. Tour. He was the face of all that was good about golf and the PGA Tour. Said nothing until, according to this, yelled back, quote, just play better, Grayson. According to, and I just love the way the Brits write, James Corrigan, quote, but in a mutinous atmosphere, the world's number three's defense of Monaghan apparently did not achieve unanimous approval. Golf Channel first reported the exchange, and another source has confirmed to Telegraph Sport that Murray responded by telling McElroy to quote unquote F off. Ha ha. And then there's the fact that the players are pissed, and maybe the top of the tippy top aren't so much because Jay Monahan said they're gonna be made whole. Rewarded for, their, rewarded loyalty. for loyalty. their loyalty. Rewarded for their loyalty. Rewarded for loyalty. Right? And Mike Del Tufo, didn't we have that exclusive soundbite yesterday? Yes. Do you want it again? I do. Hang on, I got to get it. I do Stand want by. it again. We have the Rich Eisen Show exclusive soundbite. It's going to take a second, Of uh, maybe Rory or Tiger. I don't know it was. Of them uh, expressing to everybody... In the PGA Tour, how it needs to work in order to be made whole now that the Live Tour and the PGA Tour have merged with one another. Here on this program, we have the exclusive sound. We played it yesterday. Here it is. Hold
2: on, hold on. Oh, no, you got no, it, mic, no, 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 I, I got to oh, find it.
0: Okay. Well, forget I, it. I, 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 forget yeah. it. I tried, nah, Mike. I didn't record it. it. I
2: played it live. I did it live. At
0: any rate, put it all together. Rory McElroy he might not be a fan favorite within his own rankings. And how about this? You got all of a sudden, the live tour might not be dead. And Rory McElroy had this to say
3: about the live tour potentially surviving. It's not live. I think that's the thing. I still hate live. Like I hate live. Like I I hope it goes away. And I would fully expect that it does. Um, and I think that's where the distinction here is. This is the PJ Tour, the DP World Tour, and the PIF. Very different from Live. All I've dot, tried to do is protect what the PGA Tour is and what the PGA Tour stands for, and I think it will continue to to do that. Um, so, look, going forward, I hope that there's you know there may be a team element, and you're going to see. Maybe me, maybe whoever else play in some sort of team golf, but I don't think it'll look anything like Liv has
2: looked, and I think that's a good thing.
0: Well, uh, I got news for Rory. If he's been told Liv is gone or won't exist, and that might have been part of whatever has caused him to be remarkably calm in the face of him not taking the money, and then the PGA Tour that had him face front about battling Liv, they turn around, he'll turn and take the money. Maybe he was told Liv's gone, because guess what? It sure looks like nobody told that to Liv. Our friend from the Fire Pit Collective, Alan Shipnuck, writing at length in an article that was posted this very morning on the Fire Pit Collective, that everyone at Live is ecstatic about this news because they believe, and ESPN.com also reporting, they're not going anywhere. And I have no idea how that's going to work, but they feel they they're not going, and not only are they not going anywhere, they're talking about adding more teams, more franchises to their concept, and that. They're expecting all the PGA Tour players that told them we're not taking your money to take one of these franchises and help grow, live.
3: I don't see that happening. Dude. I don't see it happening. Except the fact that the person who's the chairman is
0: the head of the PIF. And if he wants it, it's going to happen. That's the whole concept of Alan Shipnuck's article. And we're also
3: supposed to trust Greg Norman, which...
0: It's not Greg Norman. It's the money that talks, Chris. They're the ones who are paying the money. And Yasser Al-Rumayan is the one who, if he wants Liv to survive, because he's the chairman of this whole thing, and it's his baby, read Alan Shipnuck's article. He talks about Liv is his baby, and he's not going to give it up. And check out this quote. Talk about how is it all going to work Speaking to Alan Shipnuck, an unnamed live executive saying, now we can finally get Hideki Matsuyama and John Rahm. I would say every big name on the PGA Tour will get an offer for their team golf concept now, except Rory. No one wants that little bitch on their team. End quote. Damn. How's this going to work?
3: It ain't. It's not sustainable. How's
0: this gonna work the hell going on <laughs> that's what i'm
3: thinking i just understand if you're a golf fan like me like you like other people who listen like why are we watching now what is the point we're just gonna watch four times a year for the majors i guess u.s open next week right here in los angeles oh, yeah, yeah. This stinks.
0: oh man
3: not cool. It's not what so I want Rory's,
0: get, Rory's catching it from the live executives who say we're not going anywhere. Like full on Wolf of Wall Street, and he's telling the 227th ranked player in the world, according to multiple sources, to play better. That guy tells him to f off. See, it's like uh, it's like uh, Joe Pants from uh, from Midnight Run. Everybody's telling me to go f myself. <laughs> And this is golf. This is supposed to be like your honor. Gentleman's game. A Gentleman's game. Yeah. There's no cheating here. Oh, it is Uh, on. It's fugly. Thanks. How's this going to work? So when we come back, we'll do what Brooks Koepka said. Welfare check on (laughs) Shambly. (laughs) Brandel Shambly joining us next.
3: Welfare check.
0: From the Golf Channel. Uh. Holy cow, and Dalvin Cook's getting released. unbelievable you will love it JD Power ranks Sleep Number number 1 in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now you could save 50% that's 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for JD Power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com/awards only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts people or as you might know from their jingle Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. back here on our show our terrestrial radio audience will join us in a little bit over 90 seconds and that's when i'll br- uh, bring in uh brandle shambly of uh golf channel and if, if is he on hold right now yes uh, okay um and so if you can if you can hear me brandle um i'm sorry uh we're getting to you late but i was too busy recounting how um the 227th player in the world told rory rory mcelroy to f off and an unnamed live executive called rory a little bitch um so, what is happening in the world of golf? By the way, what I just said is totally serious and accurate. Also, Grayson Murray should play better. He should play better what? He, so he can't criticize the commissioner of the PGA Tour because he's, he's not good enough? Like, why is that? Get the hell out of
3: here. He's, he's got, got a tour he, card. He's not good enough, though. He's got a tour card. Yeah, but that doesn't really guarantee all that much these days in it's, golf. He is
0: a member of the PGA Tour, and in any moment, he can have an incredible moment like the fella who aced with Rory standing next to him, and all of a sudden, what, Rory's going to high-five him, and the whole country's going to talk about his story. He's a member of the PGA Tour and can have a moment that, we're, that, that the PGA Tour will hang its hat on at any moment. How dare Rory tell this guy to be quiet because he's not as good as Rory? Get out of here, man. Seriously.
3: Wait, you're Team Murray here? I'm Team, like,
0: if he— I'm confused now. <laughs> he's, in a, he's, in a, he's in a room, and he could tell the PGA Tour commissioner, you, you sold us out. But he can't because he's only 227th in the world? So he's got to play better to tell the commissioner you're a sellout. Is that what you're saying?
3: I also don't think Rory was like, play better. Oh. I think it was like, yeah, play better. I think he was kind of ribbing him.
0: Oh, you think so? I do. Uh, according to these articles, that's not, the, that's not the case, but we'll see. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show radio network, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. You know what, you know what we're going to do? Here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to do, if we can, a solid for the uh, uh, defending PGA champion. We're gonna do a, a welfare check on uh, on Shambly. How about that tweet the other day from Brooks Katka? Wow! Joining us here from Golf Channel, kind enough to call on the show is Brendel Shambly. I'm doing a welfare check on you. How are you, <laughs> I
1: appreciate that. I'm 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 very well. Thank you very much, Rich. What'd nice you, to join you guys. How'd you take that
0: tweet from Brooks, Randall?
1: Uh, I laughed at it. You know uh, the look. I I, I look at uh, that day as if you can find any levity in that day, uh, the fact that they thought it was cause for celebration was, was quite humorous on the Liv side. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't still think they're that bright, uh, because if the deal goes through, it will lead to the destruction of Live, which means that their boss, you know, their avenue back to the PGA Tour is Jay Monahan, and they're fine I believe if I'm reading the AP article correctly today. Their fines got doubled based upon their, their gloating that day. So Phil and Brooks and Bryson, uh, you know, I just don't think they fully understood the ramifications of this deal. If it goes through that, they're out of a job. They'll have no place to play golf other than the major championships who, uh, you know, haven't really, um, you know, made any movement to, to thwart live players. Uh, because they you know they have different parameters than the PGA Tour, but but their their avenue back through golf is gonna be a highly penalized one uh to play the PGA Tour and they wouldn't have done their case uh any favors with their with their clothing on social media.
0: You really think that's the way it's gonna go, Brandon? Because you know, to me this whole forty eight hour period has shown more than ever before that money talks. And the Saudis bought golf. I mean, that's the that is the answer. That is absolutely what just happened. That's the way it feels like to me. I had David Faber of C N B C who was breaking the story the other day, and he's the business guy in the conversation. He you know, he he said, Yep, that's what they did. They bought golf. You think that the Saudis, the PIF, will buy this entity and then not have Brooks Kepco and Mickelson and Bryson DeChambeau on it playing? You don't. You think that's well, going to happen?
1: it's a very, it's a very, it's a very complicated uh, deal to work through, Rich. Uh, so, you know, if you if you look at where the PGA Tour was, mm-hmm. and they were in in uh, intractable litigation, and they were hemorrhaging money, right? And so they were competing against somebody with an endless source of money, who really all they wanted to do was not just have a foot in the game of golf; they wanted to be in the room, right? So they were never going to stop. Suing the PGA Tour, and then the, for the tour to compete, they had to elevate their purses that were probably not supported by the ratings. So they had some stressed title sponsors. So it's like you know now they now they got to now they got to get with their let's call it an enemy, right? Keep your enemies closer, kind of thing. Get in the room with them, talk about it, and I, I think their their first goal, the PGA Tour, was to end the lawsuits, right? And then try to figure out some partnership and I'm, I'm, I'm connecting dots here, Yep. try to end, try to end some, the, the, the litigation and create a partnership that ends live. And if this deal goes through, I, I have no doubt that it will end live. And if you listen to the rhetoric, if you listen to Yasser, and you listen to Jay Monahan, they are very careful to say every single time they talk about this is that the PGA Tour is in a control position. They are in a control position. What what PIF is doing is now, and of course, yeah, they're investing in the PGA Tour for a company that right now exists only in the ether. It has has no outline, no goal, no direction. And it may end up being some team events somewhere in the far reaches of the world. Uh, But it's not going to be competing against the PGA Tour, not in America. Uh, So... You know, this is a difficult spot to be in. It would have been next to impossible for anybody to have anticipated the economic irrationality of any entity, let alone the Saudi, Saudi, Saudi Arabia or MBS, wanting to come into golf and spend billions of dollars. When you say it's all about the money, okay, when everybody wants to say it's all about the money, mm-hmm. okay, then why is it that MBS wants to spend billions of dollars, with no possibility of making a profit. If it's all about the money, then why is he the only one in the world that's not concerned about a profit? So it's not, it can't just be all about the money. Because why is the person spending the money the only person in the world not concerned about making a profit? It's Why would he do that? He would do that for only one reason. He wants to launder his reputation. And so look, I'll agree that the Saudis are now in the room. They are in the room. But... Whether or not they own golf is somewhat debatable. Uh, Look, I'm as disgusted by the source of the money as anybody, Uh, and my position on that is very well known, and my opinion on it hasn't changed. Uh, But if you put yourself into the position of the PGA Tour, it was a rather untenable position. And I have no doubt, and I don't know this to be the case, but I've I've spent a great deal of time trying to understand this deal as clearly as I can. Mm -hmm. And I have no doubt that the power broker's, that brought about this deal, were trying to sort through the untenable position of the PGA Tour, but they had the best interest of the game in mind. I do believe that. I don't believe that they had profit in mind. The best interest of the game in mind. I don't think Yasser knows the first thing about golf. Not the first thing. I don't think he could tell me who won the 1930 U.S. Open anymore. I could tell you what street he lives on in Saudi Arabia. Not the first thing or the best interest of the game. But he has scores of money, and he could have... Competed with the PGA Tour, and and could have brought could have could have brought about its demise with intractable litigation uh, and no doubt legal liabilities and vulnerabilities on both sides. So it was a it was a pretty darn tough situation for for the PGA Tour to be in.
0: Randall Shambley here from Golf Channel here on the the Rich Eisen Show. What do you make of the infighting uh, amongst the players, uh, according to, you know, Golf Channel reported it yesterday. And uh, I read a, a, a story from The Telegraph uh, in the uh, U.K. saying that uh, Rory was in the room and um, was told – to go f off by the 227th ranked player in the world who attempted to uh, tell Jay Monahan that he was a sellout and Grayson Murray, and he says he hates Live and the Live players think they're not going anywhere. How, how do you how, how does this all come together after 48 hours of infighting here?
1: Yeah, no doubt the players feel feel betrayed. Uh, I'm sure Tiger and Rory and Hideki Matsuyama, and, uh, because they were not included in the discussions of this deal. I listened to Jay Monahan's uh, interviews, and he talked about uh, the need for confidentiality as he was having these discussions. Uh, and, you know, I, I understand it, and tensions run high. And, you know, Roy's in a different position in that he's on the player policy board. He was one of five people on that player policy board. And he has pretty close ties to the power brokers that were making these deals. So he would have access to more information. So Rory might be looking two, three, four years down the road and thinking that this actually might be good for golf. And when I say it might be good for golf, I only mean good for golf, given the state that it was in. Not good for golf, what golf was 10 years ago or eight years ago, but the state that it was in with intractable legal issues going forward, emerging money and title sponsors who were stressed and likely wanting to get out of these $25 million purses because the ratings don't support them. So, you know, again, it's not unusual for tempers to flare in, in meetings, PGA tour meetings. I've been in many of them. I was on the player advisory council mm-hmm. and and tempers flare in those things and people get, you know, get their ire up. That's not unusual. So I, I don't make much of that. Uh, but yes, the players would have felt betrayed. They would have felt because they weren't involved in these discussions. But really, in my view, the, the the source of the betrayal goes back to the players that left for live, because when they left for live, when those players left for live, and I would call it narcissistic greed, bloated consumption, and then the gloating that follows with it, they left for their personal benefit, not for the benefit of the game, because if you look at the nature of professional golf, which is based upon, well, at least in the, in the recreational way, it's, it's based upon camaraderie. But in the professional sense, it's, its foundation is meritocracy and philanthropy. Well, that is hardly the foundation of live golf. So if the PGA Tour has to compete with live golf, then its meritocratic aspects, its philanthropic aspects, uh, you know, come into question. They're going to have to bring in venture capital or private equity. And it's then up in the air whether or not they can even maintain their nonprofit philanthropic status, which is the very attraction of corporate America to golf, the meritocratic aspect and the philanthropic aspect of the PGA Tour. That is its appeal. And if it no longer has that appeal, then corporations may not want to align themselves with the PGA Tour because it is tainted by the affiliation, with the unconscionable human rights atrocities of MBS. So when Phil Mickelson and Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson and Bryson DeChambeau all go to live, they are in the process of undermining the 100-plus years that it's taken for professional golf to get the reputation that it has. So the players may feel betrayed by Jay Monahan, but their real betrayal is not with Jay Monahan; It's with Phil Mickelson. It's with Bryson DeChambeau. It's with Brooks Kepka. It's with everybody that left for their own personal greed.
0: Brandel Shambly here on the Rich Eisen show. Uh, man, I, I, there's just so much to think about here. It just it, it's it is confusing, and there's so many uh, so much emotion around it. So uh, as we get ready for the United States Open here in Los Angeles, Crystal Ball it for me, Brandel. What do you think it's going to look like one year from now when we're getting ready to go to Pinehurst for the U.S. Open? Well, what do you think yeah, it's going to look we could, like?
1: We could play it out. Let's say let's say this deal goes through, which is highly problematic. It's, it's going to have to pass. Three of the five players on the player uh, policy board are going to have to agree with this. I don't see that happening. But if it does happen, then it's going to go through the FTC and the DOJ. I don't see that happening. But if it does, then it's got to go through the Democratic-majority Senate. I don't see that happening. And if all that happens, it's got to get passed by the regulatory committees in the EU and Asia. And I don't see that happening. But let's just say that the deal goes through. If the deal goes through, I don't have any doubt that it will, end to the, it will lead to the destruction of LIF. And PIF will then be in the room. And for a, they'll have a for-profit entity of the PGA Tour, which will allow the PGA Tour to do some things that they otherwise wouldn't be able to do. And that will be for-profit, and I, that, that, that part of the PGA Tour will be taxable. The other entity of the PGA Tour, the, the one that's based upon philanthropy and meritocracy, which is the competitive side of the PGA Tour, will carry on doing what it's doing. And the players that uh, went to live will have to come back to the PGA Tour with Jay Monahan, or if he survives, Jay Monahan, as their boss on the profit side of the Tour. That's, I couldn't believe they're gloating. It's like, could they not look at the tea leaves and see what they had in front of them? And if the deal doesn't go through, then it at least ends the litigation. Okay, that's the hemorrhaging, the, the, the money hemorrhaging of the PGA Tour. And, and, and I think it would still end to the destruction of Liv. Liv will then grow, go to team events in the, some far corners of the world, that has zero traction, zero interest, will never make money, uh, and I think it will still end to the destruction of, of, of Liv. And, you know, Piff will be in the room. I think if you're MBS, I think, what did he want? He wanted to be a part and have access to the uh, greatest uh, properties, uh, the, 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 the ones with the highest reputation and investments around the world to help launder his reputation so i wouldn't call that a win win at all i believe that the power brokers for the pga tour uh who who brought this deal i think their heart was in the right place but that doesn't mean i think they did the right thing but they were in a very tough spot a very tough spot and that tough spot was because of phil and bryson and brooks and dj and a lot of them that defected for narcissistic greed
0: well, I mean, that. so what about the idea that the deal does go through? Uh, there are some live tour events that are in the so-called dark weeks of the PGA Tour. There's some sort of infighting still between all of these players that they end up having to play against one another and that they're paid off to the point where some of them are happy and some of them actually do play in these live events that are broadcast on on national television on broadcast partners of the PGA Tour and uh, Jay Monahan eventually gets bounced because the Saudis want it I mean why can't that be possible
1: Randall? look I you know I, I I don't see that happening okay you know? I uh, I, just I don't you. I just don't see that happening there, there hasn't been galvanized support for the live product its ratings are atrocious The team concept, I think, was so poorly thought out Mm. and so ill-conceived. For all of Yasser's uh, savvy, investment savvy around the globe, and arguably he's the most important investor in the world, he doesn't know anything about golf. And evidence of that is the last person in the world you would want running a new professional golf league, in my view, and I think a lot of people's view, would be Greg Norman. Uh, He just doesn't have the political savvy and, and the uh, the pers- persuasive power to have brought this deal off. Uh, so it just, it's just the live the product is, is an awful product in my view. And I think that's the view of most people because it just hasn't galvanized any support uh, anywhere that it has been outside of Australia, which is somewhat understanding given the fact that Greg Norman is from Australia.
0: Randall, I really appreciate you taking the time, uh, and I do look forward to, you know, having you on before the next major, and we're, you know, talking less about this and more about the actual event that's coming up. And uh, You, <laughs> you know, and me both. I'm with you. Enjoy Los Angeles when you're out here, sir. Uh and Thank I you pre- so much. appreciate the time. Thanks again. That's Randall Shambly right here on the Rich Eisen Show from Golf Channel. Man, lots of chew on right there. How about him saying that he doesn't think it's going to pass maybe just the council that... He needs three votes, and he doesn't think that's going to pass there. Yeah, there, it, are,
3: there are many levels to it. The DOJ, the I FTC, there's so much. I yeah, understand
0: that. that but, the, again, re, you should read, again, always read Alan Shipnuck. And he, he, he casts, as he said, you know, Yasser Al-Rumayan, who runs PIF, the, the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia, and he's known as HE uh, for His Excellency and he loves golf now again he may not know much about golf as Brandel points out but he loves to play it he loves to get out there loves loves to play it loves this, to hang this out this whole
3: deal got done over a couple rounds of golf and
0: the way it was described that if he loved volleyball the way that he loved golf let's say he'd love volleyball instead of golf he would have taken over he would have taken over a volleyball league and built volleyball courts all over the world and done that. Instead, he just loves golf and he's focusing on golf. And it could be as simple as that. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest with you. You know? In the same way, again, in succession, spoiler alert, I'm just, in succession, Roman Roy, one of the Roy kids, decided to call an election on his, you know, make-believe news network that was created in succession, but his news network in succession, he call, he decided something that affected millions of people just because he could. And he wanted to for a business deal. Why isn't that the possibility here? It's not that he doesn't know golf. He loves it, and he's affecting it, and he wants more of it. And again, the way it's been described to me is the way that he's he and Piff stressed the PGA Tour to the point where it got them to bend the knee. He might continue to do that with majors by flooding the zone with purses so so many other places that the majors can't keep up in the same way the PGA Tour couldn't keep up because, you know, the majors are separate from the PGA Tour. And then all of a sudden, the majors sell to PIF and they own the majors and they own other events President's Cup, Ryder Cup and then suddenly now they go to these sponsors that Brandel says maybe aren't interested in it because of where the money's from and um, they say hey you want to put your marker down? You put your marker down, you get Ryder Cup, you get championship you get this, you get that oh okay, now we're in business and guess who splits? A new entity like that's the way it's been described to me again by multiple people it's on it's not cool Eight four four two zero four. rich number to dial here on the Rich Eisen show let's talk about it if you'd like Tom Pelicero when we come back on why the Vikings did what they did today All the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code R-I-C-H for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung. Back here on the show. Uh, two minutes until our radio audience returns. So let's bring in Tom Pellicero from my colleague from the NFL Media Group. How are you doing, Tom?
2: I'm good, Rich. How are you?
0: Well, you know how this works. The radio audience returns. That's when we're going to really get into uh, you know the the meat of our conversation. But in the <laughs> in the ninety seconds we have here, um, anything you need set up when you're you're going to be sitting in this chair for three days next week while I'm uh, with the fam on vacation? Anything you need? Uh, I didn't get your your uh, your writer about what you require in the green room yet, Tom. <laughs> Anything you require? Only
2: green jelly beans. Other than that, I'm pretty flexible green. um in terms of green so jelly you, you do a great job cleaning up, I think, generally. Okay. Uh, you know, right. to find the the really, um, Out of order at all. So okay. uh, I think that whatever you've been doing, just keep it up, Rich.
0: Okay. Green jelly beans. Green. Are you, is, it, is that a green apple situation, oh, Tom? Or are yeah. you just saying this yeah. off the top of your head, that's the first thing that leapt in your head? Or are you really a green jelly bean guy?
2: Or are you? No, I like the, I like the green apple flavor of everything. Whether it's uh, Jolly Ranchers, okay. uh, jelly beans. I just find that that's a really... I think that that crosses... Everybody likes the red of everything, right? The cherry, the strawberry, whatever it might be. Yeah. But if you had to get to like a secondary type of a flavor, I'm taking I'm taking green apple every
0: time. So you're an Apple Jacks guy?
2: Oh. Are you an Apple Jacks guy when you, you eat your cereal? I was. Uh, I've cut out the cereal at uh, my age yeah. now. Come on, you're What the hell?
3: Come on, Tom. <laughs> really? Those designer jackets don't fit themselves, Rich. <laughs>
2: so. Okay. I'll have a few for you next week, bro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
3: our request. White teas and. White that, and, no, that's
0: the good morning football Get up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know if we do that here. But.
2: I'm like,
0: I'll class it, it up. <laughs> Tom Pellicero here on the Rich Eisen Show. He's going to be here for three days next week, and I appreciate that uh, in advance. Tom Pellicero here live on the Roku channel and our terrestrial radio audience returning back here on our program. Tom Pellicero, my colleague from the NFL Media Group, is here. Tom, I give you the floor. Why in the world are the Minnesota Vikings going to release Dalvin Cook?
2: Rich, this is, uh, number one, a culmination of several months of both the Vikings and Dalvin Cook trying to uh, sort out his future. And number two, it's part of the broader plan that uh, Kevin O'Connell and Kwesi Adolfo have referred to as the competitive rebuild. You've seen what they've done through the course of the soft season, moving on from Eric Hendricks, moving on from Adam Thielen, trading Darius Smith. Those circumstances were... Uh, a little bit different there, letting guys like Patrick Peterson walk in free agency. They're not going to do a full burn-it-down, tear-it-down type of a rebuild. And you shouldn't coming off a of 13-4 and seats, but it's an acknowledgment that for the long-term health of the franchise, they feel like they need to keep uh, resources available to them to do extensions with guys like Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson to eventually make a commitment to a quarterback, whether that's Kirk Cousins or someone else, since Cousins is in a contract year here. The challenging part of this with Dalvin Cook is you're talking about a four-time Pro Bowl pick. He's the only player in the NFL who's had at least 1100 rushing yards each of the past four seasons. He's 27 years old, and he might well be the healthiest that he's ever been because that shoulder that's been popping in and out for like three years, he finally got surgically repaired. And based upon everything that I've heard, He's completely on track in his recovery and will be good to go um, by the start of the training camp and the regular season. So, there were scenarios all the way through the process in which the Vikings would have brought back Dalvin Cook. It would not have been at the $11 million that he was due, which is one of the driving forces behind this and just the the philosophical um, view on what I think running backs should be getting paid that type of money at this point. Dalvin Cook got to a point eventually, where he did not want to take a uh, restructure. He was never truly, from my understanding, never actually offered a pay cut, but he was not going to restructure his contract for the Vikings, nor was he really going to restructure his contract to facilitate a trade. There were some other dynamics at play uh, throughout the process, but, you know, I described it on Twitter when I broke the news as a Hail Mary. That's what it would take for some trade to come together in the next 24 hours. So odds are, come 4 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow, uh, he's going to be a free agent, able to sign with any team, and make no mistake, there is going to be a market out there for Dalvin
0: Cook. Well, I mean, the question is, you know, uh, financially, whatever the restructure was, he feels he could get on the open market or somewhere close to the $11 million, but that's the business aspect of it. Placing that aside, what does his market look like? Everyone's pointing towards the Dolphins, so uh, what do you think?
2: There are many people inside and outside the league who believe that it's, a, it's just a fait accompli, that he's going to end up with the Dolphins, I would caution anyone from necessarily believing that because there are other teams uh, that are going to be in the mix here. I, I know the Denver Broncos have come up as a possibility, even though they signed Maja T. Ryan. They've got Javante Williams coming back from injury. I know Dalvin Cook and Russell Wilson uh, developed a relationship years ago when they were both in the Pro Bowl. And George Payton, who was the Vikings' assistant GM when they drafted Dalvin Cook, is now uh, the Broncos' general manager. And there's going to be some other teams that are poking around uh, throughout the course of this process, and it may not necessarily be the teams that everybody – is immediately linking Delvin Cook to listen. This is a, a really talented player. Yeah, uh, he showed a little bit more receiving ability uh, last year than maybe we had seen from him in the past. He's obviously a very dynamic runner. He has, you know, taken some shots through time, and that shoulder's been an issue. Um, but he hasn't missed a ton of games. Yeah, he had the ACL back his rookie year, and that's just kind of yeah. He's had to work through some things these past few years here. There, there is still a market. For guys like that, and I know that everybody wants to point to, well, Miles Sanders only got whatever one, six and a half a year, I think, from Carolina. Some of the other running backs, David Montgomery, I think, got six. Nobody really got that uh, bank-breaking type of a deal. And really, with Delvin Cook imminently being released, the only guys who have those top, top market contracts off the top of my head are Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and Nick Chubb. And then you've kind of got a gap down to where everybody else views the market. Uh, Delvin Cook I would fairly say is not coming in for 4 or $5 million. That's not going to happen. This is going to be a significant contract. Uh, My understanding is they're open to both a one-year deal and a multi-year deal. Um, This could move quickly, or Delvin could sit back, knowing he's got $2 million uh, guaranteed from his Vikings contract, wait, kind of see how things fall, if he doesn't like the offers that he's got up front here. Uh, But I do anticipate um, fully that he's going to be on a team, Uh, By the time we get to the regular season here, it's just a matter of finding that right fit and a team having to pay. And when you've got multiple bidders, Rich, usually that means that um, you're going to get some numbers.
0: Tom, uh, and you know, Saquon's out there chit-chatting with the Giants. I got about 40 seconds. Can you give me a quick update on that? Because he's sitting out there um, waiting for a long-term deal. And you just see Dalvin Cook's going to hit the open market at age 27. You know,
2: There are a bunch of running backs that are waiting on those Zeke. deals right now. Josh Jacobs, um, there's really not been anything happening there. Tony Pollard, nothing's really advanced there. And then you're right, Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, at some point, are the Giants getting phone calls about Saquon's availability? I would imagine, just because he's a very talented player who was fully healthy last season. But the Giants have also made clear their priority is figuring out something with Saquon Barkley. I have not gotten the sense, Rich. That anything is anywhere close to happening on that front. Mm. And, you know, the clock's not quite ticking yet, but once we get past mini camps, then everybody starts looking toward that July 17th deadline to see if any of these deals get done. Tom,
0: thanks for the time, brother. Greatly appreciate it. Safe journeys out here. Thank you, sir.
2: Appreciate it. Thanks for having me back.
0: Tom Pelosara, yeah, everybody. Jamal Crawford coming to talk NBA finals in a moment. Zeke's sitting at home. Dalvin Cook's going to hit the open market. Zeke's got to be sitting there going, oh, damn it. I'm. By the way, I'm. I'm you're serious. Right, you're right. Yeah,
3: you know, you're right. I'm
0: serious. You're right. I mean, dude, my true. fantasy team is going to be sitting at the crib waiting for the phone to ring in 24 hours. DeAndre Hopkins, Dalvin Cook, and Zeke Elliott. That's my. That's my fantasy team from 2020. They are. They are sitting at home in 2023 in
3: the summer. Add Tom Brady to that. Yeah. Let's see. What else? Con. Gronk. Uh, honestly. Uh. By the way, well, that would have won is. a fantasy league in oh, 2020.
0: For sure. You'd, never, you'd have never been really able put them together in well, the same fantasy else team. How
3: can we add to that? Jeez. Sitting at home. Antonio Brown. Uh, <laughs> He's available. Um.
0: <laughs> what the heck is going on? All right. Next hour, I've got a top five Dalvin Cook destinations list, and I want to dig in because Christian McCaffrey. We talked, Jim. We talked about it with him about the 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 running back market and why eleven million bucks. Oh yeah, let's get Odell in. Let's maybe pay it to DeAndre Hopkins. But to Dalvin Cook in his four straight thousand yard seasons. Well, no, we got to have our flexibility on our roster. Alexander Madison, not throwing away his shot. That's coming up. Wow. DK Metcalf also still to come, but let's talk ball with Jamal Crawford coming back.